0: hi i'm maggie
1: hi i'm grace
0: and this is a very bookish podcast
1: hey guys welcome back to a very bookish podcast this is episode 25 we are hitting the quarter mark to our 100th episode and today we have a very special guest we have our friend and author allison here
0: yes welcome allison a round of applause (laughs) thank you for having me (laughs) we're so excited to have you on especially since you're our first author guest so um we've had guests who are book talkers cosplayers books to grammars but we've never had an author on and so you are our first author um especially an author that i know of to like be on the podcast i will have authors that will come on that we probably won't know much about but you we know about because we've been i've been following you for a while now since grace has been talking about you and since Beth talked about your book and stuff I followed you from that and we're excited so welcome thank you I'm so honored that I'm the first author <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah it's pretty great um it was it's funny because like I think I found you one of these days like scrolling through TikTok and, and then I followed you but then I didn't know that you were an author until like I saw one of your videos where you were talking about your book and I'm just like oh my gosh wow and then you had followed me back and I was like oh
0: gosh, it's happened
1: So, yeah, this is pretty great. It's kind of come in the circle now. Now. It's
0: weird because we follow people and then we ask them to be on the podcast and we're like, whoa, 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 you actually agreed. And then you follow us back and we're like, this doesn't feel real. It's too much. It's too much much. for my brain to process at the moment. But yes, thank you. So today we're going to talk a little bit about, um, as obvious, you've published a book. So we're going to talk about like publishing and what it's like to write a book and kind of like the tips and tricks so kind of just to start off the episode can you tell us like how you first decided you wanted to like write a book like that first initial like was it a dream was it like how did you get the idea to write a book yeah
2: so I've been writing stories since I learned how to write in kindergarten I and before that I think I was telling stories through dance and theater and stuff. I just have always really liked storytelling. With Dark Radiance, the idea came from actually car rides with my best friend, Lauren. We would drive to play practice. We were in Greece and I pick her up and I had a CD because my car didn't have an aux cord at the time. <laughs> um, and I, the very first song on the CD was Angel with a Shotgun by The Cab. And so originally, Dark Radiance started off as Seven Deadly Sins Families. That's what I wanted to do. And then it morphed into Liliana's story when I started writing it. So that first chapter, not the prologue, but the chapter, it's pretty much the same chapter that I wrote very first. And then I put the book down and I was like, oh, whatever. I'm going to go to college and I'm going to do something else. And then I worked at Disney World in entertainment, and we would have days that you were either um, like a sub, so you would go in and you were kind of like on call. So if someone got sick or hurt when you were performing, they'd call you in, and I'd have to get there at around 4.30 a.m. And so I would sit there in like the tunnels of Disney World, and I would write. And that's really when I started writing Dark Radiance. I was like, I could write a book. I could do this. And then from there on, it just flourished into what it is today.
1: Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then I think that that, cause I think everyone kind of has those moments of like thinking like, yeah, I could write a book. I could do it. And for the most part people could, but then there's so much behind that, that it takes, it takes like really consistently like sticking to it and like, putting what you see in your head on paper. Mm -hmm. And I feel like every book lover has done it where they have started writing a book when they were younger and then thought it was going to amount to something, thought they were going to be an author, then put the book down and never touch it again. And I'm speaking from experience because I have done this. I've done this. Um, And I remember- um, Or people write fan fiction. Fan fiction too everybody does it but then there aren't that many people who have that kind of storytelling calling very early and kind of stick with it to actually publish a book and do something with it right um but how like you decided that you wanted to start writing it and you had kind of like some pieces there coming together where you decided like I could do this right but where was it what were like your foundations in your writing process? Like what came together first? Was it like Lillian coming first? Was it like the world coming in together first? What solidified it?
2: So I definitely think Lily came into my mind first. I talk about my characters like they are my children. They are they are actually humans in the world. And this is just me telling their stories. So I definitely think she came into my mind first and she was like, hey, I'm the main character. I'm going to tell you this story and this is this really creepy town called Idlewood and it's in Colorado and it's like gothic and you know all the fun like things that you love and then I knew the ending so the end has like a masquerade ball I knew that it ended in that kind of ball kind of pretty dresses all of that and then as I learned met each character I slowly learn the story and I think I have a very unconventional way of writing because I normally know the beginning and the end and then they just tell me the rest. Um, The other character that kind of popped up first was Claire Holloway who is the uh, preacher's daughter who sacrificed herself in the local church and so it's kind of like this like haunted place that people talk about and there's lore about Her being in Idlewood so she really came into play too and I just started you know playing with those characters and listening to what they were saying and that's how I twisted Dark Radius into like a very like
0: cohesive story
1: yeah because like well not many people know about this except for like maybe like four of our friends but Maggie and I are in the works of writing a story together um it's a very it's a slow process it's a slow process in school
0: I had 18 credit hours this semester and I had a full like a almost a full I had a part-time job and we had the podcast going on and we both have our own social medias that we run so it was just like we were waiting till I we got both off for the summer because she's a teacher as well so like Mm -hmm. we're waiting till this summer to pick it back up but yeah
1: and like it was it was crazy because like um we I think it started Cause I was talking on one of my live streams one day and I was talking about like the night world series by LJ Smith, which is, it used to be one of my favorite series ever because of like the huge world that it is. It's like that old vampire, witches, werewolves kind of world. Um, but it's like that whole like secret behind the eyes of human kind of thing. And there's so many different characters. Each book follows a different, um, couple or a different group but in the last three books it looks like everything is coming together to one thing Mm -hmm. and but then the last book never was released I'm still heard about that 20 years later so so uh, I was talking about that and I was just like I wrote a book that was similar to that but it was wrapping up the last missing piece And Maggie and I were talking and she was talking about writing a book too. And then we're just like, you know what, let's do it together. So we're like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to do it out. And I think the first thing that we did was we picked out our two characters, our two main characters, which um, are very, very mirroring to each other. So Mm -hmm. um, one of our main characters, Victoria, she is, very similar to Maggie, and then uh, a character that I wrote.
0: today herself in this story is what we're it's, really it's basically, about. you know. But that's <laughs> kind of how you kind of insert is what we're doing, honestly. If I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest, like they're like authors, like don't like they're like it's kind of like I feel like it's so shamed when like it also comes to like Sarah Dumas, where they're like, oh, she self-inserted herself as fair and I'm like, well, I would want to do too. Like I want to I write self-insert. myself. Yeah, I, I self-insert do.
2: myself every time, like. I feel like each of my main characters is a little bit of me Lily is a little bit of me and then like as I go on like the newest character I wrote I was like oh my gosh this is mirroring me I need to like change something I was like I'm exposing myself yeah Yeah. that's
1: the best part of it you know and like it it was like it came out pretty organically because like we the way that we planned out almost the whole skeleton of three books. We're like, this is going to be a three books. We're going to have this happen. We're going to have this. And, you know, we saw everything in our minds, but then putting it into words, that's where we hit a roadblock.
0: I mean, we were going good for a solid like two months. And that was while I was on break. And then like, I went back to school and I'm like, I can't, like, I can't, I physically cannot. I have, I'd have no more time in my day to like read books for my TikTok to do the podcast. I mean, the podcast is like for me, it's like the podcast and then like also all the social media for the podcast and all the emails and stuff. So it's like four to five hours weekly and then editing and posting and stuff for it. And so I'm like, I don't have the time. That's why Grace now runs the podcast TikTok because I cannot run that. I, I will not be able to run Oh yeah, that. It's, it's like
1: a, you know, and I don't think that people realize authors have other jobs. At, at, at least the- not the huge authors who have income coming in all the time, but you know, did you ever kind of get through those moments where like, you're just like, I can't write right now. I have to focus on other things. I'll come back to it.
2: Yeah, I, so when I published Dark Radiance, it was 2019. And I look back at myself and I'm like, I am, I was crazy. I was graduating college. So that like, I published Dark Radiance in October. I graduated college in December. And it was just, I don't know how I did it. I also worked. I think that for me, I definitely prioritized writing first and I knew I wanted to publish Dark Radiance and I wanted to get it out. Um, And I put reading to the back burner. Like I hadn't read all the popular series. I still haven't read all the popular series that were popular back then because I came home from, I used to work at Barnes and Noble. So I would come home from closing at 11 p.m. and yeah. then right until 2 a.m. go to bed be back
0: at the store at 7 a.m. Oh my god. And I have to be there at 11 a.m. tomorrow I'm thinking oh, about I have to go to, I have to go to Barnes and Noble at 11 a.m. tomorrow I'm like uh like,
2: I loved it. Like I loved it and I love that store and I did my book signing there and I'll forever be grateful but oh my gosh, <laughs> working in a bookstore sometimes you're like
0: oh. I work customer
2: service Yeah. See, our store didn't have like, you were just a bookseller. So you aren't designated. So some days I was on cash wrap. Some days I was on customer service and some days I'm upstairs because we had a two story store too. Yeah. So it was planted right in the middle of a really busy mall. So especially during holiday time, crazy.
0: My like first, like I started, holiday season. So I was uh I was at Barnes and Noble December January and then I just came back. But mm-hmm. I was I they literally like during holiday I was stationed at customer service cuz I would literally stand there and there would be like a long line of people at customer oh. service. Yeah. But like now I'm still like customer service. I just like the YA section and romance is right there. So like I, that's where like I like meander around and then fantasy Hide and wait for people to grab the book that you like that, yeah that book, or like that one spongebob you know. mean that's just his eyeball watching that would be yes awesome. yes yeah i really actually i do love working the people there the people i work with are like the best people um but the customers are just sometimes like you're just like a customer will ask you for something you're like we don't have that and they're like well can you order it and you're like we can't even sell it to you and they're like well can you order it? and i'm like I can't, I can't sell it. To, I don't have the ability to sell it to you. They're like, well, can you get it from the publisher? And I'm like, sir. You're like, yeah, let me just call up Macmillan really quick. Yeah. Let me just call up <laughs> Harper Collins real quick and like tell. Can you get me- this for someone? Yeah. It's out of print, but like, can you do this for me? Yeah. I was yeah. like, bam. do you think I have that? Do you think I have that much power? If I did, I would not be working at this
2: <laughs> Yeah, there was only like two days or there was like a week and then another day that I was just like out of it. One of them was when Kobe Bryant died. They were coming out with special edition magazines. I answered the phone the entire day being like,
0: no, we don't have the magazine. No, we can't put it on hold for you. That was my whole Harry day. Harry Styles magazine, when that came out, I had teenagers calling me left and right. And I'm like, hi. And it's like a girl's was like, you looking for the Harry Styles Vogue magazine? They're like, yes. And I'm like, we are sold out. I don't know yeah. when we're going to get in more. I yeah. can't, or like customers was... come up and they're like, I want this. And you're like, we're sold out. I can ship yeah. it or for you or you can go to another store. And they're like, well, I don't want that. I want it now. And I'm like, let me just like pull it out my ass for you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, It was always just one of those
2: things that I was, when that happened, I like would see like, dads come in and they would like look at me and I would my manager was like did you just run away from a customer I was like I don't want to sell another Kobe Bryant magazine please don't make me (laughs) the other time was when so when I did my book signing I had the Barnes and Noble posters all over but I had to work that week so the Barnes and Noble poster was standing right there and I would like turn it away a little bit because like my book is sitting there and then people would be like is that you? And I'm like, yes, it's me. And I I would get like really awkward because I was like, they're like, oh, what do you write? And I'm like, it's a YA book. Like, it's kind of like the Vampire Diaries meets Twilight meets Hush and like Supernatural all meshed together. And they're like, oh, Twilight. So Twilight. And I'm like, no, but like, (laughs) sure.
0: (laughs) I, (laughs) Twilight is an interesting book. I, (laughs) So I have like the Tracy Wolf Crave series. That is like Twilight, but I always say it's Twilight, but with fantasy and what are you what are you doing, Grace? There was like a little thing. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, are you like motioning for your brother to like do something? <laughs> but um no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think Twilight is so funny because like you say, Oh, it's kind of like Twilight but better. I always add that. I'm like, it's Twilight but better. Cause like Twilight is so popular. It's a very popular yeah so if you like add on like but better they're like it was it was
1: popular for the time okay don't get it twisted because now now. it's not as popular as it was back then it was like my
2: entire twilight shelf back there that i have like 18 copies i have a very special like love for twilight because of my Like it's the book that got me back into reading and I wouldn't be an author today without it. So I have a very special love for it. And yeah, I like it's my whole childhood. Like people say like Percy Jackson is their childhood. Mine was Twilight, like every midnight premiere, every book. I went to Breaking God's release. Like that is my childhood. And then the Hunger Games came and I was already a reader. So it's Any so, Twilight like memorabilia, my grandma or my aunt buys me th- it, and they're like, "I want you to have this," and I'm like, "Thank you, add it to my billions collection." I'm gonna be like a crazy
0: lady with just Twilight everywhere. It's, it's,
1: it's, it's so many people. So many people started reading because of Twilight. That Twilight was the first book I ever ever read. Actually, picking it up and reading it, and I've told the story like so many times that like the first time that I actually finished it like finished a book that I picked up for myself because I wanted to read it, picked it up, read it. And as soon as I finished it, I ran into the living room and like screamed, told my family, like, I finished it. I finished a book, you know, Twilight will always have a sentimental piece in in my heart, the movies as well. But would I read it now with the same enthusiasm that I did back then? probably not
2: no I reread the books right before Midnight Sun came out and I was like why did I like Bella or why did I like like Edward like me and Edward would fight like <laughs> I would be the Rosalie of the situation just like literally lost in it. but and then I was I had a weird appreciation for Jacob this next time and I so like I look at it and I see people who like read it and I don't know I, oh, oh,
1: don't get me wrong midnight sun so was good. so good compared to like if i were to read twilight right now but because um the writing style like like she says in the dedication like it was written for us who wanted it way back then so it, the writing style was changed for more of a uh, of a an adult mind so it read so much easily as a compared to where if I read Twilight again I actually did a comparison side by side comparison I opened up Twilight I think it was the scene where he takes the bottle cap and they're they're talking for the first time and so like her in in Twilight it's like a page Mm -hmm. of that scene in his book, it's like three pages. It's just him
2: brooding over every decision. I'm like, bro, get on with it. And that's what like, I'm scared we're going to get, that's going to just be like Azriel's like internal monologue all the time. And I'm going to be like, oh my gosh.
0: Oh my gosh. I, I actually read the whole twice. I read everything but Breaking Dawn so that I could read Midnight Sun. I refused to read Breaking Dawn after the end of Eclipse. I my favorite book in the series but it's fine <laughs> I hated Jacob so much at the end of Eclipse I hated him with a burning passion that like you have to say I was the same way but Breaking
2: Dawn with his point of view definitely gave me like that appreciation for him when I read it even as like 15-year-old me, I was like, wow, I understand Jacob now.
0: Oh, dear. But so now I have to read
2: Breaking Dawn is what I'm hearing.
0: <laughs> I mean, you don't have to.
2: I I have actually, ever since Breaking Dawn has come out, before the movies came out, anything like that, I have always gotten that, like, you, you look like you could be Renesmee Cullen. I, like, someone came up to me in the bookstore and told me this, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just gonna have to marry someone with The last name Black, and that's just going to be my life because my cousin got married to someone with the last name Cullen. And I, I see wow. now <laughs> it's really fun to get mail
0: from the Cullens.
1: That's so insane! That's pretty cool, though. Like, as a twy growing up, being able to like say that you belong in that world that's like one of the best compliments ever. I gotta say, though, like, my brother, um, who his name is Jacob, he very much did not like Jacob because he's just like well I wouldn't do that and I'm just like well, no you wouldn't of course you wouldn't you know
0: you have to You're like not all Jacobs are the same <laughs> Jacob the like a young little teenager I have to remember that like teenage boys are stupid Jacob is a young teenage boy he's like two years younger than them or like a year younger than them he's yeah not- and then Edward's 117 yeah awesome <laughs> also- okay. it's, it's just it's so funny to me love it it's it's really funny but like that's kind of going into so when you I know you're writing a book right now and when you were writing um Dark Radiance what you obviously said Twilight mixed with Hush Hush mixed with Vampire Diaries are those the books that inspired you when you wrote that or like what all inspired what all went into creating the story and like because we all like have read books and we're like, this would be like, you take your own twist on something that happens in another book. And like, this would be an amazing story on its own. Like how, what did you use to help facilitate that creativity in writing a book?
2: I've definitely been the type of reader who loves pulling back the veil of like the supernatural world. So, you know, vampires and witches Mm -hmm. and like urban fantasy has been and forever will be my love and I knew I wanted to write that. I knew I didn't want to know vampires because vampires are, had been so overdone but when I started it and I was like, witches are just a little bit too like much research for me right now. And I've always loved the idea of fallen angels. They're just really interesting and there's so much like lore and stuff you can take from like fallen angel stories. Uh, Hush, Hush, Fallen, Supernatural, the TV show, um, really showed, like, different sides of angels and fallen angels and demons, um, and so I definitely took inspiration from there. I will say the Vampire Diaries characters like Klaus Michelson, um, Elijah, Damon, Stefan, I took so those- so you,
1: you mean, like, the, the best characters yeah. from
2: Yeah, so I will say like Finley my like the main like originally it was gonna be a love triangle and then I was like I hate love triangles I'm ditching that but Finley one of the main guys is very much reminiscent of, of Klaus Michelson he calls Lily like darling in like a condescending way and like I'm it's bad. just very much that like I'm better than you
0: but like I'm hot so it's okay <laughs> kind I, of vibe klaus michelson i i could i was so in love with joseph morgan that like when i watched like the originals and stuff i was so in love with him that like i got a sweatshirt with his face on it that he was selling i still have it to this day and it's like it's called it's called like a killer portrait and he's holding (laughs) a picture frame and it says killer portrait and i'm just like and it's like as klaus michelson and i'm like klaus I love any character, like the Klaus kind of character, where he's not, like, he's, like, the bad guy, but he's, like, also still, like, not the worst bad guy. Like, he's, like, yeah. anti-hero, where he does a lot of shitty things. Yeah, he's he really kind of, him.
1: he's kind of, like, that, those characters are the ones that, like, you, for at face value, yeah, they're the bad guy, but then you understand, you get to know them a little bit more, and then you get to understand why the, the What's the reasons why they act the way they do? And like, well, he's not really bad. He's just kind of, he's, he's got mis- some trauma. He's got misunderstood. Some tra- <laughs> yes, he's misunderstood. Those are our favorites. The yes. he's not really bad. He's just misunderstood.
2: But yeah.
0: he's still a real killer. Like he's still like murders people. It's, it's, it's um, well, in vampire diaries. He oh, has it in vampire diaries. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All Is of
2: them know people this is why Matt's
0: the most boring because he hasn't murdered anybody. Okay, <laughs> so. Matt, was. I literally was talking. I literally was went on live right before this and like was getting ready and stuff. And I literally had like a 20 minute conversation about like the vampire diaries and how they were like, every season they tried to kill off Bonnie. Then they always brought her back because fans were so angry whenever they tried to kill off Bonnie. But they, like, the writers hated the actress. So they would always try to write her off. And then Ian was like, I will leave the show if you try to kill her off. So they just play with her and was like, we'll kill you off. But then you're coming back. And she's like... I think that's why she was probably my least favorite of the girls. I just didn't like
2: her. My favorite's Caroline. um, Because I am Caroline. It's my mom watched the show and she was like, I raised Caroline and that's just me. But I always liked like the Catherine Pierce kind of characters. I'm very much the person that I lean more towards the darker side yeah. of the character. And I definitely put those into my characters. I know, I didn't want them to be like perfect in any way. Mm-hmm. That I, I want them to be flaws. And even if Lily thinks like Asher is perfect. hmm he's not and that's the thing is none of them are
0: obviously because they're all fallen (laughs) I think that's that's good yeah I think that's because I feel like the reason why a lot of people hate like the matte characters of the thing is because they're flat because they're good people They're, they're like genuinely good people and like we all like the darker ones like darker being a darker character not saying that like you can't have like depth and stuff but it just it's a more interesting background when you see the intention behind characters like actions and stuff when you know their background and you the trauma
1: is the trauma is yeah. always the sprinkle on top that just makes yeah. the cake so much better yeah. but it's it's those great characters that like when you're kind of building a world and setting up like things to go in motion like right we want something to be like a problem has to come up there has to be a solution to the problem but then it's like my brother he was helping us out with this when we were doing like our, our world building and magic building because that's like that's a big thing our of which
0: system like our, our witch system, our system thing, it's, it's is like
1: useless. it's a lot
0: notes i have <laughs>
1: it's and like you said which is requires so much more Research, right? And so, like we, as we were like putting this all together, you know, you don't want as you, like an author, you don't want your book to end up having plot holes of like, well, why didn't they d- just do this, right? And so, like we were like, let me call in my brother to come in and listen to us. Does this make sense? And we went through everything, and then he was just like, yeah, it makes sense. And then he's just four like, well, pages
0: why-? notes. And then yeah, he- he- the notes to add he- stuff in.
1: He was like, um, but why does your bad guy do this? Bad thing, and we were kind of stumped for a second because we're just like we haven't figured that out. And he's just, and he's just like, well, you have to figure that out because every bad guy isn't really a bad guy in his own eyes, and that's how we kind of have to look at each of the morally gray characters. And like with fallen angels, they're all not good because they fell. You know, that's like the whole story kind of lining up and. good characters at face value yeah they're fine but then they're like you never question what they're gonna do because you know they're always gonna do right but sometimes what's always right isn't what's good for the sake of the group right
2: yeah mm -mm. I also wanted like there's an elite council of angels that got to come to earth in dark radiance so these are like whoever is up there because I don't really specify because I want everybody to be like oh i can believe in this Mm -hmm. they got sent down and they kind of peer in and watch us and report back but i wanted the good guys to also be bad because they're they're good because they believe they're good they're good because they've been told their whole lives that they've been good but on the flip side on our main characters and you know all the fallen angels they're the bad ones because they're holding this power and it's like a power dynamic so I've always liked you know characters who are good but they they're bad at the same time and they have those like very powerful ways of being just evil because everyone no one person is fully good yeah you're willing to do something for someone or for something yeah bad for any like it's just
0: how it is I feel like also like the reason like kind of going off of what Grace is saying is like the fact that they're willing to do the good and bad like they're willing like they understand both sides where like sometimes you have to be bad sometimes you have to go like you have to do the wrong thing in order to make it right or something I'm not saying that like an eye for an eye kind of thing but like sometimes like the like right way the like good side way to go doesn't actually like work out and so sometimes yeah you might have to stab a guy in the heart because he's going to murder you and if you don't <laughs> So. Yeah, and it kind of kind of goes
1: back into like this idea of like when your reader kind of gets the book, you want them to be able to connect with characters. And if you have a perfectly good character that is all good, never does anything bad, is always right, no one's gonna be able to connect to that character. Nobody's gonna be able to like empathize with him or her and feel like I could be that person. Well, I can't be that person because they're too perfect, but I can be this one who's messed up, who always does the wrong thing, who is not really liked by people because everybody can kind of relate to that in some shape or form. And that's why when you ask people, well, who do you relate to in whatever book that you're reading? They usually relate to like the darker characters, the ones that are kind of messed up because everyone can be able to fit into the puzzle piece that is that one character you know it's more like a universally it's 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 i want to say it's like a universal remote where they can connect with any person who's reading this book and as like an author you want your characters to be likable you want your reader to feel connected to the story and then they end up reading it and wanting to find out what ends up happening right so yeah i love morally gray characters they're my go-to so
0: uh kind of to keep this talk going on like writing your book did what was your system for all of this like organization and stuff did you have like I have a binder for my own personal book I have like a binder with like characters I have a map I have like descriptions of all the places I have descriptions of the language I have descriptions of the <laughs> that they use and stuff so like what did you use for I mean for you, it's more of, like, in this world. Sorry, this is a long question. we no, are like, okay. <laughs> but, like, I'm actually creating a world. But, like, what did you use, like, as a device or system? So when I
2: first started writing the book, I had, like, 18 different Google Sheets. And I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll be able to find it whenever I want because it's on my Google Drive. Joke's on me. That's a lie. So then I have a specific notebook that is just the Dark Radiance world. So it has... All of the characters all of like their powers their age you know who they're related to that kind of thing um and then for my other work in progress i actually have started using my ipad with good notes and created like a digital binder um of all the characters and i just kind of created my own little digital character and story binder because I am creating a world with that I'm it's high fantasy I'm making something whereas dark radiance is set in our world and it's a little bit easier because you don't have to think about well do they have a cell phone or do they not or do they have something equivalent to it um and so I've just found that keeping everything in like a binder or a notebook that you can you know if you go somewhere and you're writing with it you can take it with you um, and that makes your life so much easier because even the other day I was like is that the last name of a character in Dark Radiance and I like ran over and I was like no it's a different last name and I just shut the book Um, but yeah yeah
1: Yeah, because like um, Maggie and I would have like weekly meetings where we'll like hash out everything and we'll go through everything and she was like so much better at like just getting everything down on like a Google doc that we would share, you know, cause we, we don't live in the same, even in the same time zone. So we had to figure out a way to kind of work for us. So we did a Google doc and we kind of like put all of our ideas from that meeting down. And then I would go into the doc later on and then like have like a ma- master file where we had like worlds building in this folder, magic in this world, characters in this one, family systems and this one, um, currency and another one and location, all of that thing, because it's a lot when you're writing a story, like even if it's urban fantasy, you, you know, you still have to kind of, well, how does it tie into like the real world? You know, like, how is this magical thing going to fit into this very, like, normal mundane world? And it's just it's so much and it's kind of hard to kind of keep track of for it, anything. But um, it kind of fits to whatever type of author that you are. Like if you know for you it, it's that that one good notes. By the way, I love good notes. It's like, Chefs kiss, perfect. And for me and Maggie, it's good Google Docs for now. For now. And, you know, for someone else, it might be like another app, you know, for our listeners out there who are writing maybe their own books. It's a a notebook that you have tucked away in your closet that you pull out and you handwrite everything down. It kind of is fit to whatever works for you and what you feel comfortable with and how you know that you're going to keep track of everything. Because you don't want to be one of those authors that like you say something in chapter three but then in chapter 25 it's like a completely different thing you know you you kind of have to keep track of it a little bit
0: yeah um so for like based off of like our experience for writing so i you kind of talked about how when you weren't defining like god or anything when it came to the higher ups above the angels so like we kind of did that where instead of we kind of incorporated like our magic system and being able to it to relate to every single religion and stuff. So how did you determine that? Cuz like I know a lot of like there's a lot of like books that are like there's like Christian fiction where it's like it's like god, like god good and evil kind of stuff. So how did you determine like how you wanted it to reach a broader audience and stuff?
2: Yeah, I think I in like the first chapter in the story, I think I say, like, God, but, like, it's very an overview, and then it's never mentioned again, because I had, like, a beta reader ask me, like, what is their religion, and I just told them, like, I don't have, like, they're not Catholic, they're not Christian, like, yeah. they're just mythical creatures, and I definitely, like, in the second book, I think i just defined it a little bit more, and it's a lot more, like, this might be, like, they might be something that isn't really like what everyone believes in the world. But like I do mention like I mentioned the devil and like Lucifer, like that kind of stuff because he's a fun character play- to play with. Like it's fun to play with him. But I I never wanted someone to read my book and be like, oh my gosh, this is really religious. Because although I am like religious, someone else might not be. Yeah. And I have read angel books where it's like, this is what it is and I I just thought that it's not fun like I think Supernatural does a really good job of it of like playing like like kind of poking at it and being like the angels are bad but like here's God but he looks like this and like he's sitting on his couch like eating chips like it's not like one defined thing and yeah I didn't want a reader to be uncomfortable reading that um yeah
1: yeah I think I I I know exactly what you mean because um like Maggie asked me this too, like how I wanted to kind of go about it. And I told her that I didn't want to put that aspect into our book. Um, kind of more for myself. Um, because you know, I am religious and Maggie is not, and so it
0: right here so it's (laughs) very but i i I i've studied christian theology and stuff so like i can i go to a catholic school so like i know like yeah 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 and so like it was kind
1: of like that edge of like did i want to put that part of myself into it and then have readers be completely uncomfortable with it and we I talk a lot with my brother. My brother is my go-to person about this. Um, I talked with him about it and how I how would I be able to do it? And he's just like, well, you don't have to be super specific with it. You can just kind of shape it to what you need. Is it essential in this story? Does it need to be there? Or is it kind of like a thing where it's there, but it's not, we're focusing on this corner of the world. And he kind of helped me kind of um, decide, that it didn't need to be explicit in there. And it wasn't like something that I needed to do, but it was kind of like that thing where I was battling with myself. Do I add this in? Do I not add this in? Because all readers are coming from different backgrounds. And so we, I I decided not to. And then that gave me, it kind of opened a doorway to kind of letting the world not be defined by a singular aspect. And then it opened up for us to do magic systems from all different types of world where one side of the world has this type of magic system and another one has another magic system I and mean, because this is a huge world that is going to be played across all over you know not just in like this one little town for me and Maggie um we're able to play around with it like this area has this lore this area has that lore and you get those little people coming in with different backgrounds so it's something that is accepted, but not really delved into.
0: It, it, and, it's not like defined, like no person is saying they're right. And it's yeah. like their own ter- interpretation of how everything is. And they're okay with other people's interpretation. Um, yeah. And so we kind of wanted to add that in, because I feel like that's necessary. And like, I have read a lot. I mean, I go to a Catholic school, I go to a Jesuit university. So like, I kind of get that like Christian education where I read a lot of books about like, christians and stuff and i'm like i don't want to read i don't want that included but i'm like well what if somebody isn't christian how would they view something like this like and it's different for every person and stuff and so like definitely like her character her Mireya comes from a different background than victoria but um kind of just just keep this moving on because i feel like we need to ask you more questions is how did you publish it like what was the process for publishing your book
2: So there is a video on my channel that says I will never self-publish. And I have learned that um, whenever I say I'll never do something, I end up doing it. I say, I never drive a white car and I drive a white car. So (laughs) I ended up querying Dark Radiance and I got some read-throughs and the agents that came back would say, love the story. It's really well-written, great like storyline, great characters but the angel market is not like, this is not what we're looking for. We're, yeah. At the time they were looking for witch books. So now like last year, all of these witch books came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I've always been the type of person that's like, if someone isn't going to do it for me, I'm going to do it myself and I'm going to do it better. And so I just definitely learned to like learn everything I could about self-publishing. I watched so many author tube videos. I researched a lot. I became friends with self-published authors and it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. Like it's not, I spent many nights like till 5am formatting a book. And so I decided uh, where I wanted to publish. I published through IngramSpark because I wanted hardcovers, and mm-hmm. with IngramSpark, you have to own your own publishing house. I own my own publishing press now. Um, and then From there, I just, like, did everything on my own. All of the inside of my book is um, formatted by me. Um, I just did that with Word and then exported it into a PDF and then made it into, like, a Mobi file for Kindle. And I paid someone to do my cover, and I was really particular about that as well. Um, But I just, if you want to self-publish, it's you have to be able to be like, I'm committed to self-publishing. I'm not going to like, there's a lot of um, stigmas on self-publishing where it's like Mm half-assed. And that's because a lot of it is because anyone can upload a book on Kindle, like for like Kindle Unlimited and everything like that without like with their own like hand-drawn cover. But if you want to do it and do it like, it's mirrored in traditional publishing um just know it's a lot of work but it's all, it's so worth it um yeah. because i have had a lot of control on like my characters and my cover um and so for a first series i think that's really important um for m- me personally um and later on i do want to like try to traditionally publish because i think it'll be fun uh but I mean, I've gotten to do the same things that traditionally published authors have done. So yeah, I, I just decided one day that I was done querying.
0: So what is the process of querying? I know people, I know we hear a lot of authors, but like, is there a website that you go to? Like, I, I know you're our first author. So we're actually, we're going to ask you like <laughs> people question way. it. I mean, they're going to be like, so you hear somebody say querying and, and some people are like, well, what what does that mean? A lot yeah, of people. So-
2: querying is when you um, send your book. Well, it's like 10 pages and a cover letter pretty much in a very specific format to agents. And these agents will if they buy your or not buy your book, if they choose the agent, you they will send out your book once you're done to be bought by like Harper Collins or like a publishing house um, to get an agent. Um, you have to go through this rigorous process of querying, and there is a website I cannot think of it off of the top of my head, um, but it pretty much shows the agent's wish list. So some agents really want fantasy and they want like dark fantasy or you know they're looking for a vampire book, whereas others will put that in. I don't want any vampire books. Do not send me them because I will not open them um so you go through this process of creating different cover letters and it's pretty much kind of like a college application for an agent um there's also querying on twitter called pitmad um and that is a hashtag that is done i think three times a year but it might be twice and you put a little bit like your elevator pitch in there you hashtag pitmad and then your followers can retweet it so agents can see it. And if agents will go through and like, and then contact you through that and be like, I want your full read through. Um, It's a lot. A lot of people will go through thousands of queries before they find their agent. Um, But I feel like the agent, like the way agents are reading now is a little bit different than when i was querying um they're definitely more open to different books and they're listening to what readers want
1: yeah yeah that's a good thing because like and i feel like you know as much as like you wouldn't think like this past year how big of an impact it has had on like publishing houses and for them to see the power that readers have um i feel like we kind of really showed our strength this past year with the book sales, with um, just content and just pushing out, especially with book talk, you know, that publishing houses actually started seeing like, wow, this is a market that needs to be like pushed on. And I feel like um, they're doing a little bit better. Like, granted, they might have heard this year, but then the effects aren't going to trickle out within these next few years.
0: Because publishing... While I think a lot of people like like they're wondering like well where is all this stuff that we've been requesting for a while and you're like well it it ta- publishing takes a long time like it's not just like you can send it in one day in the next month you're already printing ready to go it, it's it's a year two years especially if new authors coming out so I I know because we've a lot like the book talk community especially has requested like a lot more LGBTQ plus books POC authors and more representation in books and stuff. And we're not probably going to see that for another year to year and a half, probably, which is yeah. sad to say, but in reality, it's what happens.
2: You Yeah, you don't hear about, like, unless you're following the author or you're on book Twitter um, and you see that a book has been bought because the author will be like, I'm represented by this person and my book was bought by Harper Um, Normally, to get a book on the shelf is about two years. Mm-hmm and that is being lenient um, and that does not include like marketing for the book or anything like that and i don't think people also realize that a book can be amazing and it can be great but the publishing houses only have a limited amount of marketing capability um yeah like a budget Mm -hmm. and a lot of times authors have to be their own marketers so things like book talk or book talkers talking about books that you they're sent or you know a booktuber or a book twitter bookstagram it really does help authors um not just in the sense of like monetary but just to see that people are enjoying your book and that you're um you're out there also reviews um are a really big thing because amazon you have to hit 50 reviews before it. um like bumped you into like high recommendations under stuff and Goodreads I think is about the same 50 reviews um and I don't think people know that um so even like if you have a four-star review just leaving that review is that's more than an author can like ask for
1: yeah I mean we I think people don't realize that like it's entertainment right and it would not be there it would not be successful if the readers didn't do their part in like helping out by you know giving a good review or talking about it word of mouth goes like a long way and um I think people are starting to see like especially like our friends who are like big creators they're realizing like they they talk about one book that they really loved and then it ends up coming back to them like that book is so hard to find because it's not in stores now you know that goes like a such a long way and like on TikTok right now it's it was the off-campus series that was
0: like taking off and we really had a like a girl came up to me yesterday she's like do you have the off-campus series literally five minutes before I like I like ordered them for myself and I was like we don't have any in stock and she's like do you have any al Kennedy I was like no, we don't have any L. Kennedy in stock. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Someone <laughs> over
2: here is convincing me to read them because I've heard they're about hockey boys and I am hockey queen over here. <laughs> I see your story.
0: Yes, yes. Read them. I have a I have a review on my TikTok page about them. Um I talk about the Briar U, the Fulton U, the off-campus, and the kings of written house which are all like hockey players that yeah i'm
1: surprised that you haven't read it because you (laughs) i've seen you at hockey games and i'm like of course she's read it you haven't read it
2: no i haven't read it i'm oh i'm at every hockey game determined to marry one of those boys i'm like you take me with you a hundred percent when hockey season comes back i will take anyone to any city (laughs) hockey game it's fun because especially like the hockey community is small. I'm going to go on a tangent, but <laughs> um, and so nice. they learn who you are, like the players and like everyone in the hockey community learn who you are. So when I go to games, I'm like, oh, and now I'm friends with like a couple of like the girlfriends and it's, it's fun to be able to be in that world. And so to hear like people are reading hockey romance, I'm like, wait, this is a thing? Like, <laughs> cause I've never been a romance reader. I, I've oh, always been, like me very YA
0: and me then neither.
2: I <laughs> got thrown into like the dark romance yeah. section and I was like oh where am I like <laughs> where am I <laughs> like navigating through denim Vipers I was like where am I
1: oh gosh yeah but it's crazy because like I was I was in a huge reading slump for about a month two months and then like Maggie and like a couple of other friends had been talking about the series for so long and I was just like you know what I think that some spice is going to be what takes me out of this and so I did it and I usually take about a week on a book, no matter how long it is that's just usually how long I usually take. Um, and so I finished the first book in a day at in a day and like 12, 24 hours the second book like a day and maybe like a couple hours the third one right after I had to pump the brakes on the last one because I'm like this has been a lot let me take a break but they're so easy to read L- let me brag about them a little bit from somebody who has never read them before and who doesn't really read um, romance contemporary romance I like my fantasy I like my magic I like my daggers okay but as like this was like my first contemporary in years. And I fell in love. I fell in love with them. Um, I thought it was just gonna be spicy sports romance, but no, sprinkle in some trauma in there, sprinkle in some like daddy issues, sprinkle in some like it's it's a lot, okay.
0: Oh. So yeah I'd like to say that like off campus if you want to get into like the sports romance I think that is a I think that's where like Grace will probably go is sports romance when it comes to that kind of romance genre versus like you see me and I go into like the reverse harem the darker side but Grace that Grace I know Grace won't like that and so I don't recommend those books for her but I know she'll love like the hockey so like I totally am gonna make her read like the briar u series and then the um kings of written house and then the full u series because those are exactly almost like um the off-campus but that's what i recommend if you're wanting to get into smut and you're wanting to just have a little more light because i read the first off-campus series in two days i read all four books in two days um i didn't do anything for like a whole week i had like a whole week off for like spring break we just didn't have classes um and i read them all and i think that's what kind of got me back into like the love of romance books and stuff is because like I was reading a lot of YA I have read a lot of YA for the past year and stuff and it gets tedious and it's like you want more especially and you don't want it from the YA books you want it from people your age and so it helps when these characters are your age and they're falling in your love and you're like oh I can live vicariously through you cheers and so it's a great series to start off with
2: I definitely was the type of reader who was nervous to like go into that up until like this year. And then I, this is like, I feel like it's so lame to say, but like I read Sarah J. Moss and I was like, oh, okay. Like I kind of like that. And then I, I went into like different like romance books. I I read one of my friends romance, paranormal romance, and I started to get like more into it but I'm the type of reader that I forget, like, even when I'm reading a YA, I forget the ages of the characters, because I am the main character, I don't care what they look like, who they are, they don't have red hair, I'm the main character, (laughs) like, it's me in the book, so I definitely feel like it filled, like, a different part of what I like to read, but I will always be, like, a YA. Dan. I I can't get away from it because it's so fast paced. Uh, yeah, y- YA of- is addiction. addiction.
1: It's it's something special about YA. I don't think I'll ever be able to f- truly leave YA behind because it's always just been something of a comfort. Like there mm-hmm. there are things that I still struggle with, you know on my own and that these YA readers are going through you know I I fear if I get more into romance that I'm going to be reading about these girls who are my age and who have all of these things going for them and I'm still not there you know so when I'm reading YA it's just like girls same same yeah
2: I don't and if I want to write YA I have to read YA I have to read Like I loved when a mom would come into the bookstore and be like, she doesn't read a lot, but she has to read for school. What do you recommend? And my go-to question is what do you like to watch on TV or what mm-hmm. movies do you like? And then I would go from there. And it was just something that there's something for everyone in YA. Um, mm-hmm. And I could, I could always find a book that I was liking and, um, I will say I am like a heavy fantasy reader. I don't read contemporary a lot. Like I have a whole shelf over there that's contemporary that I haven't read. I just buy them because I'm like, oh, this looks cute, and then covers
0: are cute. yeah covers are really covers are so cute, especially now contemporary romance, even in adult contemporary romance. Um, let me grab. I have um, I have a, I have like one last stop, which is Casey McQuiston's new book. Mm-hmm. Um, I got it as because booksellers get like arcs and stuff. Well, we just yep. got the book they just gave us the book and it's not supposed to come out to a while now and I got it and I was like you took it from the break room and ran that was me no like my (laughs) like looked at it and she was like I was like this isn't an arc because it like arcs have like the um advanced reader copies or like un un unedited version nope nothing it's like the book and I was like and the receiving guy like gave it to me. He like called me. He's like Maggie on the like walk. He's like Maggie, I need you to come to the back for me. And I'm like, I'm like, Justin, this is, well, he didn't even, he did it through somebody else. So they like, Justin needs you in the back right now, Maggie. And I'm like, what did I, I do? I, I was like, did I shelve something wrong? Cause I know I didn't. Cause I'm the only one who does YA and romance. And then I got back there and he's like, I have something for you and I think you'll really enjoy it. And I'm like, okay. And then he like lays it out and I'm like it was like angel singing like <laughs> spotlight oh I have it right here let me grab it um so that like oh. sent Harley Quinn sent me like the arc for talk bookish to me yeah um and so you can see it says like the uncorrected proof not for sale and it has like the on sale date here this no just huh
2: are they not coming out with hardcovers with that I wonder I wonder if that was supposed to be an arc and they were like I'm just not gonna put the arc thing on there
0: yeah I know she does like a lot of romance authors come out with just paperback, paperback books. Harley Quinn does it a lot um St. Martin's does it a lot for their romance it's just that's true, true. and a lot that of like true. contemporary romance I'm like looking at my thing it's it's just for like romances you don't so, really like covers Jennifer
2: L. trouts too yeah. all of her books were in paperback until i went to the store to buy the new one and they were all in hardcover and i was like i twitching. and i was like do i need
0: them all in hardcover i don't yeah. think i do but it's 30 dollars yeah. for hardcover and like i didn't realize it until i saw somebody on tiktok but like there's not even foiling on it or anything like oh just a hardcover book and i was like why is this like the book itself yeah. isn't pretty like i got the special editions of the fairy loot and bookish box those are like yeah. my nice hardcover ones and then those ones are for me to destroy. So
2: yeah, well, and it's like, they're not like, it. there wasn't even a paperback. Well, there was a paperback option on Amazon, but I wanted it that day. So and I was in Barnes and Noble at that time. So I I don't know why. But yeah, I would do that. I would go into the back to receiving at like 7am from the last night. And I'd be like, so did we get any, like, ARC stuff? And they're like, yeah, take this to the office. And me and my coworker would sit there and open them. and would be the first ones to be, like, opening them. I got um, Chain of Gold when it first came out. Yeah. Um, but I was nice, and I brought it back for my other coworker to read. And then we passed it around. I'm, I wasn't always that nice. I would, like, run with them out the store.
0: Um, <laughs> I a lot of a lot of
1: character development a
0: lot of us are waiting to read this so the fact that like Justin thought of me first was really nice and I was like Justin thank you so much and you're like thank you he's like yeah "Yeah." okay but
1: it's it's crazy because like the contemporary books have such pretty covers right Mm -hmm. but the the fantasy ones they're just they call to me I I don't know what it I'm a big fantasy person too I need I need some magic I need I don't need real world I need some magic I need some
2: well I I don't watch like like I was never a Gilmore Girls girl I was never a gossip girl girl I'm and I'm well, so vampire diaries <laughs> and like supernatural like I just won't watch them I think the only like contemporary like high school thing I watched was Pretty Little Liars and I read the books before that so mm-hmm. it was
0: like yeah I hated I I'm watching uh Gossip Girl right now but I was also like the originals Vampire Diaries Supernatural um Teen Wolf
1: was it I was literally uh, watching Teen Wolf an hour ago
2: H2, an uh, hour ago
1: I was watching Teen Wolf it's I, like a a show
2: my my dating profile literally says if it's not Styles and Lydia Romance I don't want it <laughs> and people perfect. will ask me what that is and I'm like we can't be friends and I'll just like go to the next person dude
1: oh my gosh Styles Delinsky is the love of my Dylan O'Brien in general but Styles Delinsky has like he's just a perfect character I think everyone loves him and people like who don't know anything about Team Wolf are just like but you know he's not even like the good looking one but then it's it just gets like, there just <laughs> Look, some something about Boyd Styles just it's
0: different.
2: It's different. I it
0: was like the funny third side character. It's the funny side character. That's what it is. He's funny. He's the side character. He's also a little awkward too. But then he like grows out of the awkwardness. So like that shift where you that season
1: like- season three haircut was.
0: They all glowed up in season three.
1: Season I three was that. like it
2: season three is my favorite season even though it broke me like I laid on the bathroom floor for like four hours and didn't go
0: to school the next day because of that. Doesn't somebody die in season yes someone dies someone. It's like the main love interest right she dies. Yeah
2: she has the same initials as me me, but she was (laughs) not my favorite. (laughs) I was like sorry she spelled her name the same as me and I was like sorry I'm a Lydia girl like yeah. my best friend would like call me like be like you're Lydia and I was like character development mm-hmm. I've I haven't made the TikTok but I really want to make a TikTok that's like I'm not the main character I'm the intelligent blunt um but caring uh, best friend and it's just like oh <laughs> Lydia Spencer Hastings like
1: my, all of those like, characters literally her from like season one to like to even just to season three, it the development is like insane.
2: Yeah. We I was her. always wondering if she was like gonna like continue into the series because it really felt like she was just gonna be like Lydia and then they were gonna like kick her off. But yeah, I I definitely have always envisioned um my lit my Lily as like Holland Roden. Like just mm-hmm. that is her, and I love love that show but I've never been a contemporary person I watch Grey's Anatomy I I do watch that but
1: who doesn't
2: yeah I don't know if I can continue on though because like they've um, killed off and like taken off all my favorite characters and they just you- renewed after season 18 like there's gonna be more after season 18 I'm like just end it that's I- it and it's it's been-
1: soon, yeah I don't watch past I think season nine I don't watch past that yeah my, every time i get there i like switch to a new show or like start over i don't go past that
2: i don't know what uh yeah my first car was named lexi and my new car is named Salone. so we can tell who my favorite characters were um but
0: they were, they were such good characters um <laughs>
1: They, they they are the embodiment of, of that song if we
2: had five more minutes literally me just crying right now oh
1: my gosh
2: please, please. i was like re-watching it because i convinced my best friend to watch it for the first time and they were watching it and she was literally like i was like why did i like Derek? like why
0: did i like he's a jerk Derek's a bitch Derek was a bitch. The fact that like when he broke up with Meredith and then he was getting all mad because she was sleeping with other dudes and stuff. And he literally like You don't
1: like, get to, to, to dictate how I put myself back together. Yeah. I, you don't I, get to call me a whore. I love that speech. It's just
0: like, yes. It's iconic. It's iconic. It,
2: yeah. I just I could never I like was always like Derek and Meredith, but now I look at them and I'm like. Oh gosh! If I read this in a book, I'd be like, "What? What Why are are we leaving him?" Yeah,
1: "No, honey, no. This is not what we're doing. This is not." And then we have
2: Christina over here, who's just like heart surgery and Owen. Christina goes through a lot.
1: Oh, (laughs) just losing her shoe
2: and asking to be sedated, and I feel that.
1: Felt that her whole panic attacks. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and.
2: She, like, just her bedside manner, that's, if I was ever to be in, like, a medical field, that's me. I'm just really blunt. I'm like, oh, your bone's sticking out of your leg? Rub some dirt on it. It's fine.
1: (laughs) It's fine. Get up. You're good. It doesn't even hurt that bad.
2: Yeah, you're fine.
1: I love Grey's Anatomy. I feel like everyone must have at least watched a couple. It's funny, because, like, I remember when I started watching it. I started watching it because... Um, I had a physiology and uh, anatomy teacher in high school and on days that our class would finish up our work, she'd be like, okay, we're going to watch an episode of Grey's Anatomy. And I was just like, what's this? Okay. And then we would watch episodes, but it wouldn't be like the drama field episodes. It would be, be the episodes with like intense, like fun procedures.
0: Okay.
1: You know, like um, I think one of the episodes that we watched was the one where like the heart was attached to a pump Outside, and that was like a really cool one that we watched. But then my then boyfriend in high school and I were like, Let's watch the whole thing. And I remember he and I actually started watching this show together. And it was funny because like when we broke up, like a couple months after, he's just like, Hey, are you still watching that show? And I was just like, dude, I'm like on season nine now. (laughs) i'm <laughs> like where are
2: you <laughs> yeah
1: i was just like you thought i was gonna stop for you no 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 but it's always a funny thing that i think back to especially with that show certain shows they're too good to stop to a certain point to a certain point because i won't yeah. go past nine but
0: yeah that's like I the supernatural me, i've, I've watched it yeah, oh, yeah. i've always never really watched like a grace i just never could keep up with it i've never watched like the good good girl or whatever stuff like that but I always watched like the high fantasy like series and stuff like the witcher game of thrones I always watched those ones or like the action like more action because I never was really cared about oh it's just a love story kind of thing like new girl I never watched that I know grace watched that but love new girl I think the reason why I got into contemporary romance is because I found these authors on tiktok called kennedy fox and I read their series and it's a smutty series and it's with cowboys and so of course being from texas i had to and that i think that really started was it's from tiktok like the tiktok is a reason why i like saw it and i saw the first page and i was like this looks interesting (laughs) it was such a graphic first page but it hooked me in and i was like well okay now i'm gonna start reading it and then like our friend our mutual friend kate reads a lot of like romance ones too and whatever she reads I read so (laughs) I'm more of
1: like the person that like I'll read contemporary every now and then to like palette cleanse between worlds because I don't want worlds fantasy worlds to mix up that's usually where I am um and it's just kind of like a palette cleanser between certain fantasy worlds I, I can't I can I actually can do multiple fantasy worlds in one but um I do every now and then need a palate cleanser to kind of get me away from certain tropes that I know are inevitable, but just to kind of switch it up sometimes, sometimes. Speaking of- Oh, go ahead. Speaking of tropes, what's your favorite, your top three tropes? To read or to write? To write. We'll do to write first okay and then we'll do to read later
2: okay top three in no particular order because i kind of love them all okay enemies to lovers the forbidden love and then um this one's hard star cross
0: lovers but make it tragic
1: oh yeah
0: okay there was, I think there was a TV show called like Star-Crossed or something. And it was like a Star-Crossed Lover. Did y'all ever see that TV show? No. And it was like, one season. And I waited for years for the second season to come out. They canceled it. And I was so sad. But it was like a forbidden, like a Star-Crossed Lovers. I think it was called Star-Crossed.
1: I, I know what show you're talking about. I yeah. never got to watch it.
0: Let me look it up real quick.
1: I <laughs> that just But yes, the
0: show. I love
1: that. I love Star-Crossed Lovers enemies a to it too that. it's it's complex and you think it's very simple like well they could just be together the other their families or whatever reason they can't be together is bs right but then yeah. it's like
2: but is it? Yeah. Is it like now i am definitely the type of person that i'm like my characters broke my heart first so now i'm gonna break your heart oh and yeah i definitely the other night when i finished the second novella cried on the floor and I was like I'm sorry like
1: oh that's like the worst thing because it's just like you know you won't as like readers will like question our authors and be like please tell us this is gonna happen don't tell us that this is gonna happen and then like I bet like sitting in the author's chair you're just like oh you have no idea the pain yeah will come (laughs) soon your way oh my
2: god know when stuff is gonna happen and I'll just be sitting there typing and then I'm like (gasps) and just sit there for like five minutes and I'm like what is happening
1: yeah because your characters like feel like you like um in our book we have a certain thing happen to a character of ours and like when we were talking about it for the first time and we were just like you know what I was I came into Maggie and I was just like look
0: We need this to happen. It has to happen.
1: This needs to happen. This needs to to break
0: their hearts. And I was
1: like, and and we agreed, but it was like, do we have we have to? No, we don't. But we need to. And it's just kind of like those things of just like, the story goes. it, It kind of evolves on its own, you know. And it was just one of those things where like, oh, our readers are gonna hate us for this
2: but yeah I also get like a little bit of a sick satisfaction knowing I'm gonna hurt the readers I'm like I'm sorry but like I want to be like a fly on the wall when you're reading that and when you like chuck the book across the thing and be like (laughs) yeah that's just like I like it's sometimes the twists are so like they're so good that you just are like I need to know what you thought about that yeah he was my best friend when I said there's something I'm like so what do you think about that part and then she hates me for like three hours
1: oh my god I wish like it was a thing that like readers could as they're reading it could like live react to it and like send it to the author during those scenes just so that we can get like that satisfied
2: platform for that because I want it uh, it's <laughs> my own selfish reason but that's why I love like reading blogs or even like reading live on book talk now I love it because something will happen and you just see the person react and you're like I know what part you're at
0: like yeah
2: yeah.
1: There, there was this part um I was sending reactions to Tish and to Maggie off the um from the off campus series and um I sent her a uh, Tish the book thief. Um she I sent her a voice recording of me crying. <laughs> And I was like, what happened now? Why is this happening? And she sent me her voice recording back, and she's just like, the second that I opened up this voice memo, I knew exactly the part that you were at. I,
0: I was like both. We, I like, I was, I was, I think I was at, no, I don't remember. I think it was at work or like studying or something. And I like looked at it. And then like, I saw Tisha's text and I was like, oh what's happening and then I like hit it and I was like oh I know what part of the book she's on it it's <laughs> like oh she's on that part yeah yeah, yeah. It, was, it was the best I'm not a big
2: book crier until I'm at the end of the book like I cried hardcore when I finished the throne of glass series like I was like wait I don't want them I need them, I need them. come back I need you back like yeah. I need the characters back but I think the last book I cried in was the crown of gilded bones I cried twice. You too. Book.
1: I cried too. I, I'm
2: a
0: big crier. I'm yeah, Grace is a big crier. A crier so, <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't know. I like, I've always wished I was like a big like crier in books or like TV, but I apparently have no soul and no emotions. That I'm just like stoic. Yeah, like so everyone like- will be crying in The Fault in Our Stars. Everyone was crying in the movie theater, and I was just sitting there blank faced. And my best friend was like. What is wrong with you? Hurt? Who hurt you? Yeah, but did
0: you cry in End Game? Um, did you yes. watch Avengers Endgame? End Game? Yes, I. I like.
2: It took me a moment. I did not cry at the end. I cried over a different character who's getting her own TV show. That's all I'll say.
1: Oh yeah, I yeah. cried then too. I did. I cried. I then. also
2: was like sitting next to my father, and so I was like. <laughs> you
1: crying and I was like no I'm fine (laughs) during Marvel's Endgame I sobbed most of the movie to the point where like my stupid ex-boyfriend was just after the movie he's just like you're crying over a stupid and I'm like you know what shut up because you have not been waiting 10 years for this movie leave me alone yeah and I am not going to deny that that was one of the reasons I broke up with him but (laughs) I'm going to just leave that
0: at Yeah. So <laughs> a valid I, reason. I I started not crying as much when I read books. Like when I first started reading, I, I cried a lot. But now I don't. But like after, when I look at fan art. So like Song of Achilles, if I look at fan art. That breaks me. That breaks me. But like reading the book, I was okay. Five hours later was when I was not okay. Um, mm-hmm. That broke me. <laughs> Five hours later, looking at fan art broke me. <laughs> Yeah, the
2: end of Endgame, I just felt dead inside.
0: Yeah. And, like, oh, yeah. the last
2: movie that made me feel that way was It Chapter 2. So, like, weird comparison, but, like... Yeah, I can oh, see yeah.
0: you don't have a soul. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just feel, like, dark and twisty inside. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I'm, like, the weird one that will cry over, like, the little things. Like, the little moments in movies or things. But most of the time, I just get angry like I just get angry and then I just feel nothing and I sit there looking like a serial
0: killer people are like (laughs) that's when I read like smut like I'll be like uh, there'll be like a funny part where it's like laugh and I'll be like oh and then I'm like I'm like reading like a really like spicy scene and I'm just like (laughs) I literally like would roll my eyes one time I was like sitting and I was reading and I was like and then my like coworker was like we were on break and I like I like sighed I was like and then she was like what are you doing and I was like what are you reading that was making you so angry and I was like I looked at her and go I'm reading a sex scene and she went I don't think that's how you're supposed to react <laughs> it like, I like I am keeping myself calm this is how I read smut in front of my roommates in front of my sister in front of my parents oh, yeah. I, I think yeah I think especially
2: as like an early reader I would read in like uh, middle school I would put my textbook that we were supposed to be reading and then I'd put my book on there and so I'd have to keep my like face like I can't be like fangirling over Edward when yeah, I'm supposed then. to be reading about World War II like that's just not how it's supposed to be so I think I trained myself to be like emotionless when you're reading like oh, yeah. no one will know what you're reading
1: I'm a big reactor. I love sending reactions. I love um looking at reactions too. I don't know it just for me makes it more fun because then when I think back on the book, I think about the reactions or the emotions that I felt at the time. And that just makes it more like makes it better for me. But then there are certain times where I'm like reading a certain spot and I can't go anywhere and I just have to zone it in and feel without a face but I can't really do that too much which is very funny because like when when I have like a normal face in like when I'm walking around people say I have like a RBF resting, a resting face. face, and so you would think like hiding my emotions when I'm reading intense like emotional scenes or like spicy scenes or just like these moments with incredible angst that I'd be able to like hold it in but no I feel everything
2: I feel like I react more when I am listening to an audiobook like I don't know what it is but I will be like listening to an audiobook and I'll be like (gasps) oh no she didn't my mom would be like yes who are you talking to I'm like I'm listening to an audiobook
1: <laughs> yes I'm I love like, audiobooks yes. yeah no audiobooks
2: I listen are the best. I listen to a lot of audiobooks me too what's yes. your favorite audiobook my favorite audiobook hmm I really like the bloodline series audiobooks Hmm. I like the narrators and stuff like made it really good but I haven't listened to it in a really long time um the
0: Illuminate Files audiobooks I just remember them being really well produced those mm-hmm. I think that is the most well-produced audiobook I've yeah. ever listened to is because it's like a movie experience yeah which makes sense because of the the way the book is formatted
2: yeah. um but I remember
0: I, I to to read those. the book without them. If I would not be able to look at those pages and been I would have been like, what?
2: Yeah, I listened to the audiobook after I read the first book. Um, but I read the first book and the second book in one sitting um after I got them from Christmas. And I was like, Okay, read my new books and thinking, I'm gonna read like twenty pages.
0: So no. No. They, really they were it was a fast read. So it was like like yeah. you get yeah. 100 pages in an hour it's that kind Mm -hmm. of thing especially when listening to the audiobook
2: yeah I haven't finished the series but what's new with me I will that's the problem I'll read the first couple books in a series and then the next one doesn't come out for a year and if I'm like not if it's not like something I'm really invested in or people are really talking about I forget about it until I see it on the shelf and then I'll, I'll buy it and then I'll be like I have to read the whole series again to remember what happened so yeah,
1: yeah. I that's that, why that.
2: I'm a big believer in binge reading where I'll just binge the entire series that's why I didn't
0: read Throne of Glass right away yeah that's reason I binge, I binge read oh, yeah. it read it in a week so oh yeah <laughs> I read that
2: I listened to the audiobooks and I read it and it was
1: I'm taking a break from Throne of Glass <laughs> because of my reading slump it, it hit
0: a big wall and because you tried to read Tower of Dawn and Empire of Storms at the same time and that's I not why that's not why no no, no not reading Tower of Dawn because I just don't care about Kale enough I didn't know that Tower of Dawn was just Kale's book I did not know that at all so when I started reading I was like waiting for like Ailen's chapters to come yeah. up and I'm like halfway through the book and I'm like where is her he I was like where's where's my Rowan where's my husband I'm like yeah I need my tall sexy man and, and then it was like not there And I was like I like finished the book and then I looked and I was like this says nothing about Aylan on the back I'm like I'm
2: not- yeah I everyone was like read it for Irene like read it for her and I was like I don't care about Kale I don't care about anything he has to say so I'm not gonna read it I don't i'll meet her later but yeah i, I, I also I, haven't I, read assassin's blade
1: so i did read assassin's blade so <laughs> I, I did get that in i
2: didn't I
1: want
2: that. to break your heart. you it you-
1: broke my heart it did it but um no the reason why i stopped was because um we were we had done those three f- Six those six-hour episodes of Akosif, and for the podcast we did three a three-part series on Akosif. Like, and we didn't even talk. We missed a lot of things that we wanted to talk about. And I had just read "We Hunt the Flame," and it was a lot. And I needed to take a break. But I do keep this in your heart, Maggie. <laughs> I do dream about Rowan and Aelin and wondering what is going on. I do dream and think about these characters. And that's how I know that I'm going to love characters or a series is if I, when the book is put away and it's like the first book and I still have to continue the series. If I continue to think about them later on like the characters become real to me like they they're living they're doing these things and that's how you can kind of tell what makes a good author is like if the characters have their own being they feel like real people like real characters like they feel like they literally pop off the screen and like that's how you know that you made um even as an author like you made someone that was like really well-rounded and especially if you can take out the main character and the rest of the characters still thriving on their own because like I love that sense of like more characters around and them having their own stories you know so I do want to finish I am going to finish it I'm going to finish Stone of Glass um because the characters mean that much to me yeah, I, I, do, I-, I believe
2: I totally understand. I like to call my time with Sarah J. Moss a Sarah J. Moss blackout because Mm. I read all of ACOTAR and then went straight into Throne of Glass. I did not stop. It was like three weeks of just like, ah! And so because of that, I haven't read Crescent City. Um, And everyone talks about that one. And I know like about Bryce and Hunt, and I'm just like, I don't know if I can take any more Sarah J. Moss right now because then I read Akasif and yeah it was it was a lot and I'm still yeah. like hung up on Acasif and dream about that story all the time I'm like
0: yeah. oh yeah for me I read Throne of Glass first and then I read Akatar and then I read Crescent City and I did it in like a week and a half I read yeah. all her almost all of her books in a week and a half I it was it was crazy it was right when corona hit so like we had like two two weeks of spring break basically so I wasn't doing anything but
1: back when COVID was only a quick spring break
0: oh yes (laughs) right that's when I started
2: reading all of her books as well and I don't know I I like have a really I think because I read Akatar first I have like a really like loving sense to that yeah series
0: I um but I, guess- I did cry at the end of Throne of Glass, like sobbing mm-hmm. at three AM. Okay, but that ending—I'm not going to spoil it for Grace. But you know what happens to some people in the end, and that breaks you. Like it—it it wasn't even
2: that. It was just that I was losing friends. That I was like, I, I wasn't
0: ready to let go of Aelin and like all of them. I, I like, have a so Rowan, I have a Rowan Shrine, I have Rowan Candles.
1: It's like literally yeah. right behind you.
0: That's Rowan, yeah. that's also, Rowan. I do wish we got certain
2: characters more in the books. Um, and I think that's what I was sad about because my favorite character, I do love Aelyn. She's great, but my favorite character is Lysandra. I, I just, she, I love her um, and I wish we got more. Yeah.
1: Well, kind of on that um, time for one more question, one more author-centered question. Um, in your books, um, either *Dark Radiance* or the, your current project, do you have characters, side characters, that you feel more invested in, and that you kind of wish that you could do a spin-off series on that one character?
2: Yes. So, with Dark Radiance, so Dark Radiance is first, and then there's a 1.5 book, and that is before Dark Radiance. It's right before, like, Lily comes into existence, mm-hmm. and that it follows two novellas, and it follows Aspen and Claire, mm-hmm. and their storylines. I, and then there's book two. I absolutely love Claire. She, like, kind of knocked Lily down a little bit, and I was like, I love this girl so much because she is definitely like the like human in the craziness like she doesn't have powers she doesn't have anything but she's thrown into this world and they just expect her to like survive and whereas Lily does have like powers and she can kind of protect herself so I think I love Claire and I won't give any spoilers away but she is definitely one that i would i would have loved to dive in more than just 130 pages of a novella because uh, i think she's very interesting i love aspen's story but we get to see aspen all the time so
1: yeah i i i feel that um because like as um we were plotting out characters and things for our book um there are definitely like you said earlier in the podcast, like your, your characters become like real life people. And like, it was funny because like when we first started like plotting everything out and building and constructing everybody, um, Maggie and I would talk about how we would uh, have these moments where we could picture the character walking into our rooms and having a conversation with us or like how they would go into a coffee shop or how they would do this or how they would do that and like that's how you know that you created a really good character is that you can see them thriving separate from what you put down on paper and you end up falling in love with certain characters that you did not expect to love as much as you you do you know
2: yes i and when i write i write in a very i know victoria avia writes like this because I actually talked to her about it at a book signing she writes where it's like she's seeing a screen so it's pretty much like she's watching the movie and that's how I write so Mm -hmm. music is really a big thing for me because I like a score with my movies like most people do and so when I'm writing I see all of this happening and it's kind of like it feels very much like a deja vu moment where I'm just standing there watching all of this happen and then I'm telling the story years later. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that it's your characters become like your own little children and your your babies who maybe you don't want to kill off but you do kill some of them off. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like I'm sorry but like you could stick around still. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: the ones that you don't want to but you have to. You were yeah. brought into this world for a reason. <laughs> now you have to fulfill that yeah yeah it's it's definitely that thing um so I think we're kind of out of time now it's been quite a while
0: I have to go I have to finish this book (laughs) uh, I don't know why I have to I have to add this in so I I literally saw this at work (laughs) Sunday I saw it at work and I was like oh I didn't realize they have an English version now and I was like it's only one there
1: three six 365
0: days. days oh and is that the Netflix series yes yeah, well, the TV movie the movie yeah the movie, it's it. the movie and it just came out May it, they, it got copyrighted in May 2021 so it's like brand new like translation of it and I saw it and so I posted I just posted a TikTok I like took the video yesterday and like I bought it yesterday and I posted the TikTok and looking at I'm looking at it now and it's at 60k views and I'm like um wasn't supposed to be like that and people are like tell me what you think tell me what you think and I'm like I gotta finish this and I started today at 11 and I'm I'm here so I have to like go finish this and it's probably gonna be like midnight when I'm like filming like my review video and I'm like this is trash do not get
2: it (laughs) is it trash because of the content or because of the translation didn't
0: translate right i i always wonder with i'm gonna category. do an in-depth on my book too i'm gonna do it in depth but it's not just the translation but okay. a lot of like plot there's a lot of like character a character says one thing and then they do the exact opposite or like the character is like oh i don't drink often but then like i mark every time they drink in the book and it's like they were becoming oh. alcoholic um so <laughs> uh, yeah I always wonder with
2: translations how it translates because like maybe in our terms like oh yeah I don't drink often that makes sense and the translator is just translating it but then the author didn't mean it that way but they don't read English
0: in, so they can't in Europe, they drink often like drinking is a regular thing compared to how it is in the U.S. yeah but I think it's also like the intimate scenes there are a couple yeah. descriptive words that I was like I was talking on my live with a couple of people who came on and I was like, I think they need to have like a writer, like an English writer, not just a translator, but like an English writer, rewrite it for the American audience because I don't think like even the Polish audience who comment on our are like, I'm so sorry you're reading this. Okay. <laughs> they were like, it, it, I think it needed the nuances that American society has. And that's why I don't think it's a good book to read in English because you don't get the nuances of what it it is in Polish versus in English a lot of some of the descriptive words for a man's other regions is like very interesting and you're like um okay it just I think I think the translation just doesn't I don't get I don't get that feeling of the intimacy scenes versus like in the movie and you're like oh (laughs) <laughs> one for this like one, this, gotta I, go watch the movie now yeah. right this one I kind of like was just reading the intimacy scenes and then marking them with my orange tab and moving on it wasn't anything special I just mm. yeah so yeah. I have a whole video I'm gonna do like three-part review series on TikTok and then a full in-depth video because there's also issues with what Massimo does in this book and I'm like sir you act like you're the consent king but you are not the consent king
1: oh yeah and then uh you'll finish it just in time for part two to come out
0: i'm gonna finish this tonight so
1: yeah Mm -hmm. when
0: is part two coming out
1: um i think it's coming out later this year
0: i think that's why they translated this to english now because this translation second translation for book two comes out in december so
1: yeah yeah all right well Allison thank you um, you. for coming uh do you want to do a quick blurb uh for your book to get it to our
2: listeners okay hold on let me um dark radiance um Liliana goes to a strange small town called Edelwood where she realizes that her bedtime stories are all coming true and you should have never trusted them and she finds out that uh, she is the main reason for the war between fallen angels and angels. Awesome. So, that is, that is dark radiance in my elevator pitch. Oh wow <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's so amazing. good.
1: So um where can our listeners pick up your book?
2: So it's sold at um on all major online retailers. So Barnes Noble, Books a Million, um Amazon. If you want signed copies, they're on my website, which is just Um, But yeah, you pretty much can find it anywhere because Ingram does distribute it everywhere. So yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, so make great. sure our listeners make sure that you guys pick up our lovely friend's book and make sure you guys give her a review and tell her how great you love her book. And thank you for, for coming on. We had such a good time.
0: We I had a great time too. It's yeah. so late now. I was like, it's like 10 PM for me. And I'm like, I still got to read. I got to go like, I'm going to like go like this while I'm reading to like stay away. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I have work in the morning. So I'm like, I got to read before I go to a bookstore. I thought I would read while I was at a bookstore. No, no you do not no. have time to read when working at a bookstore. The movies
2: lied to us.
0: Yeah. The oh, yeah movies lie. I think at a they smaller did. bookstore, maybe like I've seen ones where I've walked into and I see them reading. But that's because they're like a small indie bookstore. And so it's like they don't have as much traffic as like Barnes and Noble. So, yeah. Yeah, that's
2: true. Well, Well, guys. guys,
0: so much for watching, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye, guys.